Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Alright, we want to start by examining the, the thoughts that God gave to us this year. That this year is going to be the year of focus and increase. When God gives a word of prophecy, it doesn't come to pass without the right positioning. When God gives a word, there must be the right positioning for it to come to pass. You know, many times people hear a lot of prophetic words about what God is going to do. And at the end of the day, they look at their lives and it's like, hey, but God said this. Never forget, there is always the responsibility of man and the responsibility of God. There is nothing that would happen in your life that would only be left to God. And there's nothing that would happen in your life that would only be left to what? But left to man. There must be that consistent collaboration for things to come to pass. Focus. So today we're looking at focus. Next Sunday we'll look at increase. Um, The Oxford Dictionary says focus is the state or quality of having or producing clear visual definition. And I want you to pay attention to that. Clear visual definition. A state or a quality of having or producing a clear visual definition. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which, is, which I prefer, means to adjust one's eye or camera to a particular range. So, for instance, if you want to, when some people take you uh, pictures, if you, if you give your phone to certain people to take your pictures, when, they, when you see the pictures, you will be asking them that what, what actually were they taking? You know, when you say, you say, ah, what? You know, because you are one of the things in the pictures. You know, they have taken you, they have taken the car behind. They have, I mean, you are like one thing there. Why? Because they didn't zoom in. They didn't do what? They didn't zoom in. They didn't focus on it. Okay. So, to adjust one's eye, and that's very important, to adjust one's eye to a particular range. Or, second definition by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says, to give full attention. To give full attention. I want you to write these three words down and don't miss them. Number one, a clear visual definition. A clear visual definition. This is the year you must have a clear visual definition for your life. A future you don't picture, you cannot experience it. It it must be clear. It cannot be vague. This year you must be a man on a mission. This is not just one of those years. This has to be your year. And this is not a message you just listen to and forget by May or April. I know the gyms are full now. People have started exercise program, praise God. Praise God. You know some of you have started doing exercise this, this week. It's okay. We know you. Praise God. 
Because there's the excitement of January. There's the excitement. Oh, this is the year. You know, so but you must have a clear picture. The second thing is adjust one's eye. There must be adjustment there. You must adjust things until you zero in into your goal. Let's go quickly. I have a lot to share this morning. I've not preached in two weeks. To give full attention. So, right? To give full attention. Not partial attention. To give full attention. Okay? So, those are the the dictionary words for focus. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. When you look at the scriptures, when you look at the Bible, you would realize something. Um, Paul, apart from Jesus Christ, Paul was one of the defining persons when it comes to fulfilling purpose. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, planted a lot of churches, raised spiritual sons. But something stands out in the life of Paul and Jesus. Philippians chapter 3 and and verse 13, the Bible says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. How many things? I didn't hear that. How many things? One thing I do. What's the one thing he does? Forgetting what lies behind and doing what? reaching forward to what lies ahead. The word reaching forward there, in the Greek, which says press, it connotes uh, to pursue, or the image of one that is chasing after something, pressing with a goal of intensity. Chasing after. This one thing I do. Let me tell you something. One of the things that define focus is, is that you forget last year's success. Don't be an individual that is always talking about what you have done. In those days, in those days, is a language of failures. When we used to have money, what happened now? Forget what is behind. When we talk about forgetting what is behind, most times we always talk about forgetting our past failures. But listen, you've got to forget your past success if you want to strive to something. Don't settle too soon in life. You still have a great future ahead of you. Forget about last year's achievement. It's gone. Press on. Because there's something in the future. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, it goes on to say, verse 13. um, Let me see here now. It says, I press on. Verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So, reaching forward and pressing reaching forward and pressing that's the attitude of focus imagine getting into a plane <laughs> imagine getting into a plane and uh and you know the pilot now announces uh well ladies and gentlemen we're about to take off we don't know where we're going but one day by god's grace we will arrive how many of you would like to get into that kind of flight are you following what i'm saying before the flight takes off, the destination must be planned. In fact, the pilot tells you estimated time of arrival. You can't, you can't, you can't achieve much in life if there are no clear definitions. Very clear. Clarity breeds mastery. Very clear, not vague. What do you want to achieve? What has God said you should achieve? Okay? So the word to press forward 
is the word strain in the Greek. It means to reach out, to strain towards, primarily to stretch out. Now pay attention. Why Paul used this? He used the Roman Olympics race, you know, to, to typify this. And if you are someone who follows uh, races, 100 meters, you realize that sometimes the difference between first and second is just seconds, right? First, second, and third is seconds. And uh, I don't follow race a lot, okay? Uh, but you realize that when they get towards the finish line, what do they do? Some try to stretch their head because that little stretch can be the difference between what? First, second, and third. He's talking about straining. You, you're pressing towards something. That's the way you should approach the year. That's the way you should approach the year. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking at Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fix it. Right? <laughs> the author and perfecter of faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at the two things Jesus had to do. He endured the cross and did what? I didn't hear that. He did what? Despise the shame. Why did Jesus endure the cross? He had you in mind. Why did Jesus despise the shame? You know, I've always told you, you know, when we wear um, crucifix today or crosses, uh, you know, especially when you're a bishop, you know, you wear a very big, golden, you know, cross. It's looking so nice. <laughs> it's like a piece of jewelry. It wasn't looking that nice when Jesus hung there. It was for criminals. It was like for condemned criminals. It was a firing squad. It wasn't something to be proud about. That's the same Jesus too. But why did he do that? Because there was a joy set before him. Listen, when your goals are not clear, you cannot um, endure things to get to the goal. If you don't have a clear focus, you cannot endure certain things to get there. And many times, we want to get things without endurance. We want to get things without what? Endurance. That's why we realize today in our society, there are all manner of ways to get wealth because people don't want to endure. People don't want to do, in quotes, shameful things. they rather steal than be laborers. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Alright. So, you have to fight for your focus. You have to fight for your focus. What are the sources of distraction? We cannot talk about focus if we don't talk about distractions. Right? We cannot talk about focus if we cannot talk about what? Distraction. Now, I've always said this and I maintain it that the devil does not bother about a distracted man. Once someone is distracted, the devil don't need to fight you. You will self-destruct. Um... In one of the words, not sure which particular word now, the general told his people, he said, we're going to win this war. And they looked at the other people they were fighting, and they were so much. And he said, so the, the, the soldiers asked the general, how are we going to win? And he said, we, we're going to win with the fifth column. 
Right? You can go to study what the fifth column means. And the fifth column simply means that this particular general had armies inside, because the city was walled, had armies inside the city that they were going to fight. So what was going to happen? Those people were going to fight inside for them. Distraction is your fifth column when it comes to success. It fights you from the inside. It fights you from the inside. And let me tell you something. If, if something does not get on your inside, you know, like our brother talked about your heart. If something does not get into your heart, it will get into your life. So once you are distracted, you can't be successful. You can drink anointing oil, choose to add a bit of coconut oil to it, wear mantle, wear a cross, can even buy two, wear one in your front, put one at the back, you will still fail. You will be a decorated failure or a failure who has drank oil. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So people fail without drinking oil. There's nothing external that will make you successful if you're not successful on your inside. And the primary, the primary thing that makes people successful is having clear goals in life. Clear goals. Not vague. Clear goals. Let me go quickly. Now, what are the sources of distraction? I want to read two scriptures to you. Please pay very close attention. Because as I was meditating on this yesterday night, you know, it began to come into my heart very strongly. Many of us think that Jesus succeeded because he was just the son of God. Jesus succeeded on earth as a human. He had to go through persecution. Let me show you something. Now I read this thing yesterday and I was like, Jesus. First of all, there was a situation in Jesus' life where his parents thought he was mad. You know, I've been reading the scripture for years. I've been in ministry for 16 years. I never saw this the way I saw it yesterday. In fact, when I read it, I was like, is this, you know, is it what I'm thinking? So I read other translations. Then I read other commentaries to, for me to be sure that there was a season in Jesus' life where his parents actually thought he was mad. So let me show you. Mark chapter 3, verse 20. <laughs> So don't think that the family of Jesus supported him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus was not massively so. You know, because many people feel, oh, you know, my parents are not supporting me. My family is not supporting me. Mm -mm. If you leave your future to the support of others, you won't enter into it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, church. Are you here? Mark 3, verse 20. Look at this. He came home. And the crowd again, the crowd gathered again. Alright? To such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. So the crowd came for Jesus. Now, if you go to verse 13, he just chose his 12 disciples, whom he called apostles. Okay? He just chose them from verse 13 to verse 19. So verse 20 says, And he came home, and the crowd gathered again to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. When his own people heard of this, his own people there actually are his family when you read other translation when his own people heard of this they went out to take custody of of him now if the bible did not add this last line you would think that oh because you know jesus was 
you know, the crowd was there. He could not eat. They just came and said, ah, Master, you are trying. Come and eat. No, look at why they went. He said, for they were saying he has lost his senses. This is your master and savior. The family said he is mad. They, they, you see, <laughs> I studied this yesterday in the Greek. To take custody is the same word used for arrest. You know, when you, you know how when you think someone is insane? How many of you know how you arrest the person? Would you just say, ah, please come with us? No, you just say, go to the back. <laughs> go to the back. And that's Jesus. Maybe just say, James, if I do like this, take his leg. They hear, they hear. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I was looking at this scripture, I said, what? They thought he was out of his senses. They thought he was mad. This was the situation Jesus had to go through to go through the cross. Because his family did not believe in him. If people think you are mad, what would be your response? You know what happened? You would reply, you would try to you would try to show them that you are not mad. And in showing them that you are not mad, it might also be looking like This year, listen to me very carefully and take this. This year, do not respond to accusations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't respond to accusations. Let what you are building respond to them. Let your success speak loud this year. Keep your mouth shut. You don't need to defend yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let your result, let the work of your hands show. This is not... The year to talk about what you are going to do. Keep quiet and do it. I will blow this year. Blow. Just blow. When you are blown, we will say, he has blown. Don't, don't talk. I'm, and I'm not saying don't talk because of enemies will hear. That doesn't make sense. Enemies don't need your words to know what's going on. Spirits, spirits is not by words. Leave all those kind of funny teachings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's about Talking takes time. The time you are using to explain yourself, you could have built. The time you are using to defend yourself, you could have gone what? Further. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So this is not the time to talk. This is the time to get the job done. Now, listen, that was not, that was not, that was not the only thing. Go to the next verse. Verse 22. The scribes, the, the scribes were the rulers who came down from Jerusalem, this where the, the religious authority, look at what they said about Jesus. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem, the headquarters, were saying, he is possessed by Beelzebub. And he cast out demons by the ruler of demons. Can you imagine this? Your family thinks you are mad. Religious people say you are possessed by demons. How difficult can life be? For a 30-year-old, 33-year-old that is trying to fulfill purpose. When there's no endorsement from the religious authorities, there's no endorsement for your family. Come with me to John. John chapter, John chapter 7, verse 5. Those scribes were theological heavyweights. They represent the authority and theological wisdom of the temple establishment. Look at John 7, 5. Talking about Jesus. For not even his brothers were believing in him. Not even his brothers were believing in him. You know, after Mary had Jesus, he had other, other kids. 
Look at this. Not even his brothers were believing in him. You don't need anyone in that sense to believe in you before you can excel in your goal. Some of us are distracted by people not believing in us. You don't need a consensus to succeed. You don't need a consensus to achieve your goal. This desire to please many people must die in your life. Are, are you hearing this now? I want to finish this. Come with me. Number one, three sources of distraction. Number one, yourself. The habits that drag you down. All right? My brother was saying it during the Sunday dialogue. A lot of us were laughing. You might have to unfollow some people. Hmm? What are the things that distract us? Social media. Social media. Play one video, another one comes. Play one video, another one comes. Two hours is gone. And you are just laughing. You have forgotten that for every click, you are making someone else richer. Every click, you are making someone else richer. Every click. What you are doing is you are using your own life to make other people wealthy while you remain poor. Any movie you are watching, the people are not acting, they are working. That's their work. Their work is called acting. Your work must not be watching. I'm not saying don't watch movies anymore. But that is the perspective you must have to life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here, church? Gossip. Gossiping takes time. Can be a distraction. Because I'll talk to you about it. You, you know what is going on about other people's life except your own. You know what other people should do except yourself. If you just do like this, I'm thinking, have you thought about your life? Excessive concern about other people's life is a distraction. Focus on your life. Focus on your life. Focus on your marriage. Focus on your studies. Keep your eyes on your goal. Do not turn to the left. Gossip takes time. Meddling in other people's business. Lack of planning. Being disorganized. Right? And there's something called the curse of the gifted. The curse of the gifted. C-U-R-O-S-E. Is people who are multi-talented that they cannot do one thing. Hmm? You look at them. They are tailors. They are uh, hairdressers. They are barbers. Only one person. You say, I'm very gifted though. We don't argue with you. Ten years of your life, you spend your energy on ten different things. When I, I got called into ministry, I used to do some things in the NGO world. You know, I used to have youth programs and all that. Gave me opportunity to travel quite a while. Quite a lot. The particular season that I represented the country in a World Bank summit. I was the only Nigerian there. It was a beautiful experience. But one time I had to sit myself down and said, I asked, in fact, <laughs> something made me to make that decision. I was the, there's an organization called URI. I mean, you can check it up. It's called United Religious Initiative. I was the African Youth Ambassador for that year. So, I was flown to Uganda. Then, because it was a united religious initiative, we had people from other religions. So, 
being the ambassador, I had to be in, in the two events. So I was in Uganda, and then we went to a Baha'i temple. How many of you know the Baha'i faith? No idea. It's only Igbe, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Somebody say, what is Igbe? No idea. So if, you don't, if you don't know, it, forget it. All right. So, okay, masquerade. You know masquerade? Okay, all right. So there's this religion called the Baha'i faith. So we went to the Baha'i temple, and we were having some meetings. So the Holy Spirit asked me, what are you doing here? He said, what are you doing here? That people you ought to be preaching to, you are having meetings with. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, of course, I didn't think it from that place. You know, so I had a major project to do then. I raised some money for Somalian refugees. So we, we went to meet the Somalian ambassador in Uganda. When I was on the plane coming back, I just asked myself one question. If I die, what will I be known for? <laughs> so I told myself, I want to be known as a preacher. You know what I did? When I got back, I closed down my Facebook page, changed my, changed my opened a new page, and showed that everybody that I knew around the NGO world, I didn't accept them as friends. And you know I had to take that critical decision because when I see them doing things, I will feel like, you know what? I'm supposed to be here. You just hear the guys now, they are doing this meeting, they are in this, they are doing... And I had to focus on the ministry, starting from scratch. How to give out all those opportunities. You can be gifted and look like you're a cost person. You know why? You're doing too many things. until you master one thing you cannot gain mastery that's why you don't have masters in many disciplines do you understand are you hearing what i'm saying when you are come on are you here all right when you are in first degree eh? you say bachelor's of what uh science in chemistry right then when you go to masters eh? you now say masters in what Organic or inorganic? Okay. I don't have many science people here. Let's go. BSc education. Then masters. Right? You now have specialization. Masters in curriculum planning and development. Masters in educational administration. Masters in... Do you understand? When you now go into PhD, what do you do? You narrow down again. You cannot have PhD in general studies. The higher you go, the what? More specialized you go. If you are still living a general life, you are in BSc. You can't be someone who is... See, you might have to tell yourself, I am too talented to be this disorganized. You can do this, 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 and yet... Nothing. The most difficult thing to do is to tell talented people to focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? Tell your neighbor I'll focus. All right, Second Thessalonians 3, 11 to 12. Let's put some scriptures to this. Come with me quickly. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. <laughs> oh, you know, the Bible is complete. If you take time to study the Bible, you will discover that nothing should shock you anymore. 
Because all the characters you have in this world, they were present. Look at what Paul said that he had. He says, verse 11 says, For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. It's an order. What's the order? Come on, what's the order, church? Are you there? Let's read. What's the order? Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. What's the order Paul gave? If anyone is not willing to walk, then he is not to do what? Are you here? Verse 10. Go to verse 10. Verse 10. For, if, for even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. Alright? If anyone is not willing to walk, then he is not to do what? Eat. Some of you feel you are very merciful and you are contradicting this order. You are feeding people who are not working. You can't be wiser than God. Your cousin came from the village. All he's doing is remote in his hand and legs on the sofa and he's eating. He can change channels, but he can't change car tires. You think you are a generous person. No, you are foolish. Why? You're going against God's word. A culture that celebrates generosity without hard work will breed thieves and a sense of entitlement. That's why civil servants will go, well, not everyone, but those who are that they know themselves, eh? they'll go and sit down and not do anything. You go to a government office, you still have to pay them money to do their work. What breeds it? People who, are, who want to eat. And what Paul says is an order. Many people don't want to work. And you know what? We haven't helped matters by the way we taught favor in church. Favor is not for lazy people. And I like what one of my brothers read. There's something to do to experience favor. Let, let me go quickly. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life. Eh? Doing no work at all, but acting as what? Let me hear that word loud and clear. Acting as what? This is not the year for busy bodies. And you know why they are doing busy bodies? No work. You know, people who gossip a lot are idle. Even if they are working, eh, they will leave their work and say, let's finish this story. <laughs> okay. Verse 12. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to walk in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. Take the energy you are using to focus on other people and eat your own bread. Interestingly, he repeats this twice. First Thessalonians 4.11 It says, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and walk with your hands just as we commanded you. Attend to your own business. None of us is, none of us have gotten to the height of our own potentials. We cried for a new year. We have a new year now. Mind your business. Mind your shop. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't live where you are selling to another person's shop that they are not customers. Don't do that. It's been a busybody. Stay there. Maybe the person who wants to buy is driving past and sees nobody. He thinks you are not there. Meanwhile, you are there talking about a neighbor that contributes nothing to your life. I've always told pastors that I, 
you know, mentor by the grace of God. It's not big churches that are making your churches small. That it won't have, do face your work, you will grow. Oh, all these big churches are not teaching the truth. Is it that when we become big, we'll change our message? Leave all those things. Fighting another person does not increase your greatness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mind your business this year. Mind your home this year. Mind your children this year. Clarity of goal. Clarity of what you want to achieve. So, we can be our own distraction. Don't distract yourself this year. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 15, I'll run quickly because of time. He talked about those who are troublesome meddlers. Okay, just put it up. 1 Peter 4, 15. Troublesome meddlers. They are, they are troublesome. They meddle on things. You know, one of the, one of the greatest frustrations I've had as a pastor is sometimes trying to mentor people who really do not want to be mentored. Have you tried to help somebody who doesn't want to be helped? I don't do that anymore. You see somebody, you're feeling you can be this person, you are, and the person feels like, can't forget a time, enroll someone in jam. Great jam, man, go to school and everything. Jam day came. Guy was not in the example. What happened? He said, hey, it's not you that said, hey, I should write jam. I really didn't want to write. Oh. Oh my God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be more interested in another person's life than they are interested in their life. Let me tell you something. How do you know if someone is interested in their life? As you give them a little push, they move ahead. You give them a little push, they move ahead. Those that are not interested in their life, where you push them, that's where they will stop. They are called wheelbarrows. <laughs> you have to identify the wheelbarrows around you and wash your hands off them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody who does not contribute to his life, you can't make their life better. There is a portion of contribution everybody must bring into the space. Come on, are you with me? Let me run quickly. Number two, others. You must identify people who distract you in life. Friends who are not going in the same direction. Friends with different values. You know, let me say this, let me say this. Let me say this. Your friendship must not be by circumstance. It must be by choice. Let me, let me give you an example. You must not become friends with someone because you're on this, in the same compound. Now understand that. You work at peace with all men. You love all men. Do you understand? We're talking about friendship. Even in church, there are people in church who are not serious about God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you have the same values? A friend of mine sent me a message yesterday. Listen to a message. It was a blessing to him. So he sent it to me. He said, I need you to listen to this message. Because it came from him. It was one hour. I took time. I was listening to the message, maybe about 20 minutes. And man, it was a very sound message. So I just said, oh, I'm going to pray through this message. I listened to it. So I came to church. I was listening to it. I prayed all through the time listening to it. What do your friends share with you? Some people, you have grown up with some people. But the next phase of your life, they can't get there. It's not pride. It's just that values do not align. If you are somebody who wants to have a master's degree and your friend is comfortable with a bachelor's degree, see, by the time the man is doing his NYC, he will celebrate like he has bought the country. Because to him, he's done. And you know what? 
at that time you should be saving for your master's degree form. Am I right? Yeah. If you blow your money up the way he did his, you can't get to your destination. So this year you've got to be big on that. Number three source of, this, uh, of distraction is Satan. The enemy wants you distracted. You must consistently use your authority and exert it around. It, around. Listen to me. You must disannul the plans of Satan this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You take authority over satanic work. I'm not going to the hospital this year. I'm not spending my money on drugs this year. You, because those distractions will come. The enemy will bring distractions. So you want to deal with that. Now, let's go quickly. Three wisdom keys to focus. Three wisdom keys to focus. It's a lot packed into this, so you want to listen to it again. You want to review your notes again and play it up again. Number one, what exactly do I want? See, until you answer that question, what exactly do I want? What exactly do I want? What do you want? Even when people came to Jesus for him to heal them, to, you know what Jesus would ask them? What do you want me to do for you? Because even the Bible talks about some blind men who came to Jesus. Say the blind man came to Jesus. And Jesus said, What do you want? Because the man might not want to see. His blindness might be a source of multiple streams of income. So, I mean, you, you understand that? Jesus said, He says, That I might receive my sight. And before Jesus, what do you want? In clear terms, what do you want? I'm trusting God for breakthrough. What is breakthrough? Define it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here with me? Be clear. What do you want? Number two. What should I eliminate? And this is very important. What should I eliminate? What do I want? What should I eliminate? Now, let me say this. And this is a very important principle. Focus is not about adding something more. Focus is about elimination. Take note of that. Take note of that. Take note of that. Focus is not about adding something more. What is focus? Focus is about what? Elimination. So, I realize this. When you carry a camera and you want to take a picture, when you start zooming, how many of you have, have, have done that? When you start zooming on the person you want to take or the image, what happens? Are you adding more things? Come on, talk to me now. Are you adding more things? What are you doing? You are eliminating things. You're cutting things off. You're zooming in. So when we talk about focus, we are not talking about adding more things to what you already do now. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about eliminating things. Eliminating things. You must eliminate some things this year. Elimination. Cut them off. Cut them off. There are things you have to tell yourself this year, I'm not doing. There are good things. I used to do them, but no. There's no time for that. You see, because you have what you call finite resources. Finite just means that, you know, it can finish or it's definite. It's measurable. Listen to me. No matter how you pray and fast, you can't have 27 hours. It's 24. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, no matter what you do, it's going to be 24 hours. So the key is, what are you going to do in the 24 hours? So you must eliminate things. There are certain things you are doing right now that you should not be doing again. That's why in reviewing certain things, when God blesses you with resources and people are helping you to do things, it's not to show that you are a big man or woman. It's actually to give you what? More time. It's not to pay for laziness. Because, you know, some, some, some people have people working for them that they shouldn't, people should not be working for them. Because what just happens is you pay people to work for you so you can be more lazy. And that's why you are always looking for what is wrong in people's life. Because you are not busy. So you are always calling people, calling people. Any available person, you have just, any available person, you have just, any, anything that is wrong. If people, even people who have died, if you are the one to send confirmation. Once they call, you say, call that person. You say, once you call and it tells you that that person is gone, he's gone. It's like you have a list. All the news, you know them. Say, ah, fine. Say, don't worry. Let me, um, let, give me, give me a few minutes. Give me a few minutes. I'll get back to you. You, you spread your, your tentacles. Say, say, I told you 10 minutes, but I have it in five. Say, we're not joking in this country. Say he's dead, forget it. Then you will now, somebody that is not related to you, you are describing to the person how the person died as if you were there. Very vast in wrong knowledge. If the things you know are not producing increase in your life, you know wrong things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because knowledge should be productive. Knowledge should be productive. So, Elimination. Everybody say elimination. What should I eliminate? Look at something here in John chapter 15 verse 2. Let me show you something here. John 15 verse 2. Focus. Focus. I have, I have a lot in my notes. So I think I'll continue to teach on this next Sunday. So Because there's, there's so much. I'm just halfway through my notes. John chapter 15 verse 2. Look at this here. Look at verse 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the what? Vine dresser. You know what a vine dresser is? Someone who takes care of vine. Who, you know, beautifies vine like a gardener. Look at what Jesus said. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what does the Lord do to that branch? Elimination. So, the first thing you want to ask yourself is what aspect of my life is not fruitful? Cut it off. Listen, in your life, don't be emotional. You can't become wealthy by being emotional. Wealthy people are objective people. How many of you think wealthy people are stingy? Don't raise your hand because they're seeing you. But I realized that eh? people think wealthy people are stingy because you know the concepts people have. Is that once you are wealthy, they just meet you, sir, 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 hey, hey, hey okay, 50,000 dollars. Hey. You know, we are used to the ghetto, ghetto way of life. Hmm? We are used to street way of life. You know, the way drug lords live. 
And they can live that way because they don't work for their money. Careless generosity is not generosity. It's foolishness. And that's why, you see, it's difficult, and I'm, I'm, and I'm saying this, and if you have things to prove me wrong, bring it up. It's difficult in this country to have stories of millionaires. You know why it's difficult? Because sometimes a lot of our wealth is unexplainable. Even your uncle. You, you understand? You just know. Say one day, say God just did it to if we say we just woke up. Even you cannot say what the man is doing. Wealth is not mysterious. If I tell you today, go and study millionaires, go to the bookshop, what are you going to say? You are going to pick American millionaires. Hmm? Good. Why? They document their story. You know somebody like Warren Buffett. He was through stocks. His books are there. Documents. Here. He said, what do you want to write? What do you want to write? Because there's nothing to write. And that is why those of you who are called into business and called into wealth, you must grow wealthy with documented story to help the next generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we don't have homegrown examples. And that's very important. Because sometimes the things we read in those American stories, when you bring them here, the system is different. I know the owner of ABC Transport documented his story. I read, it, I read his book, documented how he started ABC Transport. Very good book on pioneering. And I know a few people out there who have documented. But compared to the number of millionaires we have, we should have more books. So ensure that your own story can be written. Uh, just to come here and say, I just want to thank God. It's not everything I can say, but God knows. Hey, 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 hey. We want to, we want to be careful. We want to be careful now. We want to be careful now. Because our concept of God increasing a man is that a man just wakes up and does not know how he became wealthy. Listen to me, child of God. Every wealth in the scripture, if you take time to study them, you can know how they become wealthy. The children of Israel did not just go to Egypt, um, to the land of Canaan and say, praise the Lord, we don't know, we just came from Canaan, we just entered. When this Bible says he brought them out with silver and gold, he told them how to get the gold. He says, I will put favor in the hearts of the Egyptians. He said, ask them for gold. They didn't just appear in the wilderness with money. That's why miracle money thrives in our gospel. Hmm? As Papa was just preaching, as Papa, someone just sent me 100,000. Oh, oh, life does not work that way. You can't have miracle money all the time. Even when Peter's boat was full, the scripture showed us how the fishes came in. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Jesus said, cast your net on the right hand side. The believer does not have unexplained wealth. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? For going to steal other people's money and inflating contract is no favor. It's stealing. Say amen. amen. Because, you know, you know, some of you, 
Yeah, some of us will get to heaven. And they say, God, you know I'm a very rich man. And then God will ask you that. How did you get the money? Yeah, because, because we have come to a place now where in Christianity, these things don't matter anymore. And that's a problem. You know why it's a problem? It's a lack of focus. It's distraction. We are distracted by other people's wealth and we want to prove to them that our own God, you know, it's like if the devil can bless you, God can bless It's not a wrestling match. It's not a competition. Now, there are all kinds of things. And Christians now don't... You see, a believer must be focused. Another person's blessing has no business with yours. You have your work with God. Every time you get your life into the competitive mood, you are going to lose focus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't know the resources people have. You don't know the access people have. You don't, you know, <laughs> you know, I was telling someone, I said, you see what? There are certain things I can do now. You don't know the leverage that I have to do certain things. So let me give you an example. We're planting a church in Port Harcourt. When I came, when we came here to plant a church, I started from the scratch, you know, build stuff and everything. We're planning Port Harcourt church. We have more resources, Right? Of course, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say because I'm humble. I'm now go and preach in a place where the microphone is not working. At least God has blessed me beyond that. Now imagine someone sees me starting a work in Portacot and says, "Oh God, this is how I want to start." No. No. You don't know where people are. You don't know what people have even sown. You don't know the sacrifice of people. Competition is a no-no if you want to be a focused person. It's a no-no. Bless God for what God is doing in other people's life, but you take your life at your pace. Let's read on. And every branch that bears fruit, what does he do? He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Can you see that? Look at this. I'll end, I'll end here and I'll pick up from here on Sunday. Look at this. Give me the amplified version. John 15, 2. So, God is the vine dresser. Right? Amplified version. Alright. God is the vine dresser. Right? A branch is not bearing fruit. What does God do? What's that? Elimination. He finds a branch that is bearing fruit. What does God do? He prunes it. So that it can do what? Can you see two levels of elimination? What's the first level of elimination? Anything that's not bearing fruit, what do you do? You eliminate. Now, what is bearing fruit? What do you still do to that thing? You eliminate certain things around it so that it can become what? More fruitful. You cannot have focus by addition. Focus would always come with what? Elimination. Look at the Amplified. Any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, that stops bearing... So this branch is actually bearing fruit before, but stops bearing. He cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Did you see that? So the goal of the second level of elimination is for a richer fruit, a more better fruit. So something is working in your life. Okay, what do I do to make this better? What do I do to take this to the next level? So taking things to the next level would require a level of what? Elimination. Praise God. All right. 
So to prune, to prune means to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches and stems, especially to encourage growth. To reduce the extent of something by removing superfluous or unwanted parts. So that's what I want to build on. Okay? I'm going to continue from here on Sunday. Because we still have a lot to teach around the subject of focus. But I want to stop on elimination. Two levels of elimination. What's the first level of elimination? Anything that does not bear fruit, God cuts away. Then, what does he do? The second level of elimination? Even that which is bearing fruit, what does God do? He trims it so that the fruit will become more what? Bear more richer and more excellent fruit. If you want your life to be more richer and to bear more excellent fruit, you have to go for the second level of elimination. And for the first time in my life, I set fewer goals. Because God began to teach me these things since last year, December. Even for uh, our staff in our traveling ministry, we're doing four things this year. Elimination. This year, my goals are very thin. Go to my financial column. One, two. Elimination. Hmm? Health goals. I don't want to become a macho. Not six-pack plus lose weight plus this one. No. If it's only six-pack, I'm not saying that that's what I'm doing. So that you're gonna but if it's only six-pack we achieve this year, it's okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not that you want to do six-pack. You want to build muscle. You want to... Oh, God, now. You are not a wrestler. Elimination. Hmm? Pick one thing you want to do this year and do it. Not 100 things and not achieving anything. This year can be my school. It's okay. Eliminate so you can become the best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Are you, are you following me now? Eliminate. Look at your friends. Which one is producing results? Anyone that is dead, that has stopped bearing fruit, eliminate, unfollow. Have rich friends. When I mean rich friends, quality. That their head is working. Innovative friends. Friends with solution, with a drive. Don't be the life of the party. And just realize that's all your life is all about. Are you following what I'm saying now? I decided for every book I read this year, I have a journal called the Application Journal. For every book I read, what am I applying? For every book I read, what am I applying? Know that they give you this book, I've read it. Give you this one, I've read it. Give you this one, I've read it. They look at your life. One line of the ten books you have read does not show. I've read the richest man in Babylon. Do you have savings account? No. What did you learn from it? Rate increase and prosperity. The missing link. Are you frugal? No. So you go back again, right? You read to apply. Hmm? Cut down your time. Elimination. Practice elimination. This is not the year to do many things. This is the year to do one thing well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Serve in one department well. This is not the year to attend many churches. Focus. If you are here, be here. If you don't want to be here, go. Don't mix what I'm teaching you with something else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. See, I like the way you teach, but at the other church, I like their power. Go there. Don't come and confuse yourself. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is not the year to have many pastors. Focus. So that we we'll know what is working in your life and what is not working. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's also not a year to wear many dresses. Focus. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know some of you have planned this year that this year we will kill them. <laughs> Don't kill us. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you will help us to engrave this message in our hearts. We ask the Father God that the areas where we are struggling to maintain extreme focus, you would help us. You give us the grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray for everyone here today that in Jesus' mighty name, God will grant us the grace to be extremely focused this year in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Are you blessed? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.